Hi, I'm Dr. Caroline Leaf and welcome to my podcast, Cleaning Up the Mental Mess. Sue Ellen Mancini knew something was wrong. She began dealing with mental health challenges as early as age 14 and by her 20s, things were just getting worse. So she sought help. Amid a culture where discussing mental health issues in the open remained very uncommon. This began her journey towards better mental health and also spreading positive mental health messages about mental health awareness. And this is a path that has been paved with lots of ice cream. Sue Ellen literally turned a mental health journey into ice cream joy. And today she joins me on the show to tell me how she did this. Sue Ellen, I'm so excited to have you on my podcast today. This is going to be an inspiration. My producer brought your LA Times article to me and she said, you've got to get this lady on the show. And you talk in this article about how you were diagnosed with a mental health issue and how you basically now turn that into making ice cream. I mean, that's a really simple, simple explanation and you have a beautiful story and welcome. And I'd love my listeners to hear your story. Well, thank you so much for having me on your show. Well, you have a beautiful story. So I'd love you to start at the beginning and just tell my listeners how you've landed up making ice cream and how you're now a mental health for mental health advocate for and helping so many people. I actually started doing pastry when I was 18. I got a job at a bakery and um, just continued working from bakery to bakery from there. I've always had a really big passion for pastry and baking since I was a teenager. Um, I guess around the age of 14 or 15, I did start having a lot of depressive symptoms, but like in the article, I honestly thought I was just like an angsty teen. And at the time I wanted to, I don't know, distract myself after school other than like, you know, end up drinking at a young age or doing drugs. And became obsessed with the Food Network. <laughs> I love it. And so, um, yeah. And so I, from watching TV, I really wanted to pursue baking and just started saving all of my lunch money so that I could go to the bookstore after school and look up recipes and buy stuff at the store and start practicing like making cookies and brownies and all kinds of stuff at home. Um, and then when I graduated high school, I unfortunately wasn't able to get financial aid to go to college because my mother was undocumented for a very long time. Um, and so I just started working and I remembered how much I loved baking and got into that, you know, field. And then fast forward, I was still dealing with a lot of those symptoms. Um, a lot of like even well into my 20s was still like committing a lot of self-harm and just, yeah, a lot of those symptoms Mm -hmm. had not gone away with like me being out of my teen years. And it took me a while to get to the point where I was like, okay, I definitely need to like seek professional help for this. It's definitely, you know, affecting not only my work life, but my intimate relationships with people, you know, even just like trying to have a partner um, and having these like episodes and stuff. I just knew that I wasn't going to get ahead in life if I Mm -hmm. didn't face what was going on. Um, And so then around 26 was when I finally decided to see a psychiatrist 
And they diagnosed me with bipolar disorder type two. And even though it sounded really scary at first to get that kind of diagnosis, it honestly was also a relief because I finally had something that I could begin like looking into and understanding and like, yeah, and begin like treating what everything that I had been dealing with and it all finally made sense, you know, Mm -hmm. because I guess mental health was something that we did not talk about at all growing up to the point that like in my own ignorance, I just like, you know, at some point in my twenties, I just started thinking that I was like a bad person, you yeah, know? Cool. Yeah. And just was like, oh, you know, bad people exist and bad people probably act the way that I act, you know? Oh, that's so sad. And anyway, so it was definitely a relief to be like, oh, I'm not a bad person. I've just like been dealing with something for a while that I was completely unaware of. And so um, around that age was when I started also doing ice cream and really fell in love with making ice cream. And I actually moved to LA to open up my own company. And, um, while the lockdown happened during the pandemic, mm-hmm. I saw a lot of people like suffering with grief and depression, being in their homes, you know, all of us were like dealing with so many emotions. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the pandemic was like something so big that affected the whole world. Everyone was collectively grieving. Yeah. And around that time when I launched my company, I don't know, I guess it just made sense to me that like a lot of people eat ice cream when they're sad to cope with their feelings, or at least I did (laughs) like growing up and now. (laughs) And so anyway... I just wanted to be able to find a way to give back to people um, and have it be more than just an ice cream company. Mm. And that's when I decided to link the two and have it be like, hey, we can, you know, talk about our sad feelings together while we're eating ice cream. I love it. It's so inspiring. (laughs) It's beautiful. I mean, it's really very appealing because you're right, you know, that grab every movie you see where someone's sad, they're grabbing a tub of ice cream while they, you know, sat crying over the breakup or something like that. But it's, I mean, who doesn't love ice cream? Even, you know, even on (laughs) my two little dogs, I'm sure your dog that's in the background, they also loves ice cream. So have you made a doggy (laughs) ice cream? Have you made, have you made a doggy ice cream in your, have you got a doggy ice cream that they can eat no (laughs) just a side note just a side note (laughs) (laughs) i have made it at other stores before with like chicken broth and stuff yeah (laughs) hey listen i'm i I need some ice cream for my dog so we need you to make an ice cream for our dogs where they said (laughs) (laughs) yeah oh i love it i love yours i love the story i think it's just really beautiful more podcasts will play thanks to Babel I know what that means do you recently I've been relearning how to speak French with Babel and you can too because with Babel you can start speaking new languages in just three weeks why Babel because it works instead of paying hundreds of dollars for a private tutor or fooling yourself with language apps that are little more than games Babel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 150 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks I really love how convenient Babel's courses are. They have helped me learn real-life conversation skills. It's so easy to pick up on how to order food, ask for directions, and speak to merchants without having to consult language apps while on vacation or 
all look on helplessly knowing that you can't communicate. Using their unique voice recognition technology, not only am I relearning to speak French, but also pronounce the words correctly as well. Babbel is truly different from other language programs. Their courses are designed by real people for real conversations, and all their tips and tools for learning a new language are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching. So, if you want to learn a new language, try Babbel today. Here's a special, limited-time deal for my listeners to get you started right now. Get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for my listeners at babbel.com leaf. Get up to 55% off at babbel.com leaf, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L com slash leaf. Rules and restrictions may apply. The link and details will be in the show notes. I want to ask you this. When you were at that point where you were realizing in your 20s, well, as you said, you first thought it was teenager angst and then you realized this is not going away. You know, you were facing a choice once you had that diagnosis as well, which is kind of overwhelming and scary, but almost like a, um, a, it's a, a giving you a sense of peace as well. But there's a choice that you face to sort of give in and think, okay, well, this is who I am and there's nothing I can do about it or to move forward. So you, are, you, so you obviously made a choice because you've landed up turning this into something constructive to help people. And you're pretty much now an advocate for helping people to explore their feelings and really deal with the, you know, deal with their stuff and not be scared to talk about mental health. So that process was obviously not an overnight process. What was that like? How did you get to the it obviously wasn't an overnight this decision I'm decided right now I'm going to change and I'm going to take this diagnosis and I'm going what was that process of taking that awareness of how you saw yourself now and what you'd been through and turning it into this business how did that look um you mean like how was I able to incorporate that into the the company no, or, yeah, that that but your journey because you obviously now you you had a company, but what was the process from receiving the diagnosis and recognizing you're battling to getting to the point where you turned that into something that has changed your life and has changed other people's lives? That wasn't an overnight decision. There would have been a process involved. What was that uh, process you went through? Self discovery. What was it? What was this? What was to help listeners, because there's a lot of people that will be listening to this podcast that are potentially in that same position that you were. And that in a deep, dark place and thinking, well, what hope is there? What can I do? What can I do with my life? How can I turn this diagnosis? How can I turn this this feeling that I have, a, you know, the sadness into something that gives me hope to keep living? You know, what what did you do as you, did, did you face that choice? And, you know, what did you do and how did you get from the beautiful ending where we, well, the, sort of the, the beginning of the other side where you're at at the moment, how did you get from one point to the next? Um, so after I had spoken with my psychiatrist, they did put me on medication and at first it was really like scary because, um, there's so much stigma behind taking medication and, you know, I think a lot of people when they start taking medication for their own mental health have this fear of like, oh, what if it changes me and I'm not the person I am anymore? Um, or I lose a part of myself. And whenever I got to that point, I did reach out to other friends who I knew had been dealing with the same issues or were also bipolar and asked them how they felt being on their medication and what kind of change they saw in themselves. And honestly, they kind of gave me advice that 
made me feel more comfortable about it, which was um, that yourself changing is not necessarily a bad thing. Like, <laughs> like, would you rather be a healthier, happier version of yourself or continue feeling how you're feeling now? You know, that is the change. Um, and of course, like it's a trial and error kind of thing. And that can be scary too, but it's definitely worth, I feel like the risk because I, I do feel a lot better. Um, and looking back on how I used to feel when I was off of medication was like, I don't know. It was like someone had taken a veil off my eyes and I wasn't like living in a cloud anymore and was like like finally grounded and felt like I was living life with other people, if that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. And that that's great. And what, what about things like doing therapy? Because I know that you, one of the comments that you make is that yeah. you know, ther therapy, we were brought up, there's a comment that I'm, I'm actually going to read from the LA article, LA Times article. We were brought up to think that therapy is for white people complaining about their problems. Um, like you don't need that, you're strong. I think sometimes when you grow up in an immigrant family that came from hardship, everyone's just stuck in survival mode. Can you talk around that and and how that what how that played a role in you moving towards getting the decision of starting a business? It's a big deal being a business owner, and you know mm -hmm. that's like going from feeling very sad and and up and down in your moods and that kind of thing. There's a lot of your mind and your mental drive that and your mental skills that came into play. So I'd love to know, you know, what uh, the sort of role that maybe therapy played or talking to friends or how you actually chose to move forward. What what were those? What is that? What did that look like? Um, so yeah, shortly after that, I did start therapy here in LA when I moved um, through the LGBT center. They helped me with like sliding scale counseling. And then my therapist actually ended up like completing their hours and moving to another practice. And now they've been my therapist for like, oh God, almost four years now, which Wonderful. is crazy to think because now I'm like, oh, they've literally have heard my entire journey. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, anyway, yeah, I think through therapy mostly was where I learned a lot of coping skills and a lot of like self-reflection as far as what I had been feeling, um, how you can, you know, begin to be more mindful of the symptoms before they arrive and start to take hold stronger um, you know, it is very important to like catch those symptoms in the beginning so that you don't end up spiraling. Um, yeah, I mean, and I think that's a lot of that information that I was learning in therapy was what I started realizing is information that I could be sharing on Sad Girls platform. Um, because I do know a lot of people from my own communities, like the Latin community, Mm -hmm. who might, you know, be hesitant about seeking help or might, not, or might even, you know, might not even be able to afford to get that kind of help because exactly. there are resources, even though there are a lot of um, nonprofits now that are working to change that. Yeah. Um, I just wanted that information to be readily available for people to read and try to understand on their own. Um, and so that kind of kept me going for sure was like, uh, you know, if these things had existed when I was younger and there was people out there like me talking about it, I might have felt more comfortable about seeking help for myself. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mm, that's such a good point that you raise. In fact, I've just released a book called How to Help Your Child Clean Up Their Mental Mess and Manage Their Mental Health and Resilience. And it's basically helping parents to help children to be able to, to develop the mental skills, to be able to talk about the what they're exposed to that makes them vulnerable and feel overwhelmed and all these emotions. And what do you do with them? And you're not bad and there's nothing you know, to pathologize and medicalize misery in childhood, but to have the skills to be able to know how to talk about them because it's it's missing. It's it's you. It's 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 not um, spoken about enough, and that's always been a, a, a concern. So, and, and you 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 know you and you actually basically have just said you know exactly that that you didn't there wasn't someone around to help you process what was how to do it. How do you process in your in your community to be able to process what you were going through and so on. So with the with we're doing the work in therapy and doing just you're not with your therapist twenty four seven. You also were with yourself. You took those skills and you changed how you functioned as a as a person and you started making choices to move forward were there times where you felt challenged that you just couldn't do this that you felt hopeless that you just so it's hard did you feel times like that oh yeah for sure I mean I'm not like I'm not a hundred percent better (laughs) it's a lifelong journey isn't it it's a lifelong (laughs) it's a lifelong journey Yeah. So I definitely still have ups and downs. I definitely do still like have episodes and um, have to deal with them or like a couple of years ago, I was hospitalized again. And it I mean, it is a difficult thing to, you know, be conscious of what's going on with you in the moment and being able to that, you know, it uh, I think it's harder than most people realize, like once Mm -hmm. you're in it, it is, yeah, it is, it is incredibly difficult to, to see outside of your own feelings because you're so mm. confused by them. Um, so I definitely, I definitely still have, you know, moments of weakness like that, although I wouldn't call them moments of weakness. No, it's not, it's moments of growth. It's moments of growth. Yeah. Moments of growth where things can be very dark. Did you, in your, in your process, in the process, are you finding, getting to sort of the root causes and the sort of where they working through to maybe find the the sources of where your challenges grew from. Because everyone, I mean, every single human battles. So it's not like anyone's isolating a single person. We, everyone battles. If you're human and alive, life affects us and in different ways. Mm-hmm. And, and have you found, st- started finding the source and in knowing those, is is that helping you to move forward? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I definitely have begun doing some like inner child work with my and understanding what my triggers are as far as like, um, you know, like you have something that triggered you. But the more important question is obviously like, why did it trigger you? Where is that coming from? And how can you approach the feeling of why it triggered you? And like, you know, like change it around for yourself and realize like, 
just because it reminds you of something in the past and it feels like it's happening right now doesn't mean that it is necessarily, you know, um, even though you you should validate those emotions for sure when they're happening. Um, but I think a big learning lesson for me was understanding that just because you're feeling it doesn't necessarily make it true. You know, you got to be curious about them. You got to ask questions. Yeah. What does yeah. it really mean? Where is it coming from? Yeah. Um, so that was like a big turning point for me and like growing and understanding um, why these things are affecting me the way they are um, and why is it causing me to spiral. I'm sure we all are. As I said, it's a lifelong, it's a life skill. A, and that's the whole thing. This is part of life. It's not like a, a bunch of symptoms to be eliminated. Mm-hmm. You know, what's happened to your story is never going to go away. It's how you reconceptualize and deal with your story so that it changes how it plays out into your future. And, you know, this is the process that you go through. You you know, you're reconceptualizing your life and, and you're changing how it's playing out into your future with the things that you with, with with the things that you're doing and starting the sad girl creamery and now you you being a business owner now let's let's talk about being a business owner there's challenges all kinds mm-hmm. of challenges how have you how do you deal with those does in terms of just managing challenges that can maybe throw you off or what do you do what is do you have how do you manage if a challenge comes up in your business um well i have a lot of lists <laughs> that i great do. yeah um i definitely have a lot of coping mechanisms that deal with making lists of like, um, like for example, uh, sometimes I will run into feelings where I start to feel like unaccomplished or like this isn't going anywhere. And I do have to remind myself to sit down and make lists of like, well, how, what are the things, the smaller things you have accomplished to get where you are and, I mean, it doesn't even have to be anything that extravagant, you know, um, definitely you should start small and, uh, there is something powerful about like journaling and being able to see it mm. as, you know, like a long list of like, oh, these are all the things that you've accomplished by keep going and stuff like that. And <laughs> so that definitely, yeah, I love that. Yeah. Um, it's just like reminding myself of, hey, just because you feel like you're not doing anything right now or things aren't going the way that you would wish they would doesn't mean that you haven't done a lot. Exactly. That's beautiful. I love that. So it's you you learning to self-regulate and do a lot of self-talk and be curious about not instead of getting consumed by mm-hmm. that and going into a negative spiral, you're catching it and you're actually reflecting and being curious and and using the list to guide yourself, I think that's beautiful. That's a really great tip for people to to make lists of where you want to go. And that, I'm sure that's taken a lot of time to practice and get into that. Or, or have you always been a list maker? Has this been something that you always do? No. I mean, I've been a list maker in the sense of like <laughs> tasks that I need to accomplish. Yeah. Um, but I've never been a list maker of like, definitely writing things about my past and things that I've already done and reflecting on that. Um, definitely a lot of my coping deals with reflecting on. Yeah. Um, just knowing that you're a person who has done things and even, you know, um, even if it's outside of work, like, uh, 
certain things can be like, oh, I've improved my relationship with my partner or I've learned to open and up, open up to my mother more. Like those are accomplishments as well. It's beautiful. So you've, you've learned to be, from what I'm hearing you say, less hard on yourself. Mm-hmm. Was that something that was, because you said in, at one point in this interview that you thought you were just a bad person until you realized that you're not a bad person. And that's a massive shift. And mm-hmm. so in, in that, you were obviously very hard on yourself and maybe self-critical. How's that changed? And is that still something that's hard that tries to rear its head? And if it does, what do you do? Yeah, I mean, that definitely still comes up sometimes, um, especially if I'm having like a really bad episode and I act out in a very ugly way that can be harmful to others, like emotionally. Um, there is a lot of guilt once you come to realizing what you might have done or that you have done. Um, and so... I think one of the biggest things I've learned through therapy and understanding this like mental health journey. Yeah. Say journey. <laughs> it's a, it's a, I think it's more, it's kinder to ourselves to say journey. Yeah. So I, the biggest thing I've learned is like to forgive myself. That's beautiful. Yeah. Um, to forgive myself and give myself some patience. Um, because if you don't, then yeah, it will, you will start, start to like self-deprecate and think bad things about yourself because you're not giving yourself that space for forgiveness and understanding, you know, you're Mm -hmm. a person who you deserve to be forgiven and you deserve to, you know, see that this is something that you have to overcome and work on. And obviously like with that guilt, you are going to apologize to others and all of that but it's it's an ongoing thing a lot a lot of learning to forgive myself i love summertime the outdoor concerts and festivals family vacations pool parties and more there's always so much to do this time of the year but summer is the season of spending and you can do it right with chimes online checking account chimes online checking account has tons of benefits that millions of members love like fee free overdraft of up to 200 dollars plus get paid up to two days early with direct deposit or while managing your money on the go 24 7. that means more time and money for beach trips and summer friday splurges plus with chime you can get paid up to two days earlier with a qualifying direct deposit they also have a fee free overdraft with spot me when you set up a qualifying direct deposit. I especially love the fact that Chime has no monthly minimum balance or overdraft fees and you can access 60,000 plus fee-free ATMs. That's more than the top three national banks combined. Sign up for Chime today and make the summer the best one yet for yourself and your wallet. Get started at chime.com forward slash Dr. Leaf. That's chime.com forward slash Dr. Leaf. The link and details will be in the show notes. Chime is a financial technology company, not a bank. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp NA or Stride Bank NA. Members FDIC. Eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Access to direct deposits up to two days early depends on the timing of the submission of the payment file from the payer. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal fees may apply. I love that. I think that's really key because we can be so hard on ourselves that it's that, that self-hatred will just 
pour out on other people and pour out in all kinds of ways that are destructive. And then it kind of almost feeds back like a feedback loop thinking, you see, I deserve it because I'm such a bad person or whatever. That So it sounds like to me like you're breaking that cycle and getting it under control. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Uh, definitely practicing a lot of mindfulness around that. <laughs> That's amazing. So if someone had to come to you and say they're really battling with that, what would your advice be to them? If someone said, I'm stuck in such a place, I hate myself, I just, it's coming out in every way, I just don't want to live. Or if someone came to you and said something like that, what, what would you tell them? Because you've been in that place, you've been in that dark place where it just feels like everything's terrible and you just want to give up. Um, I mean, I would tell them to, I mean, you have to be patient with yourself. You can't That's like, uh, I mean, it's very easy to just accept that and go into a bad place. Um, but when you see yourself as like, like if you were, if you saw a friend going through the same thing, you would want them to, you know, be patient with themselves as well. Um, you are only human. Like we all, I don't know how to explain it. <laughs> you do really well. We, we, we all fall and just got to give ourselves time. So the patience, yeah. the time, the forgiveness are key factors. Yeah. And that these feelings aren't forever, you know, um, we're going to reach those places sometimes and feel that mm-hmm. way, but it's, and it's not okay. Lasting. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Um, it will pass. No, that's really great advice. It's, you know, this, this podcast is called cleaning up the mental mess. So this is, and one of the things that I say to everyone, which is being in this field now for 40 years is it's okay to be a mess. And that's something that we need to give ourselves permission to be a mess because life is challenging. And the whole thing is not to stay there, but to manage that mess. So I hear you saying that by saying, okay, I'm in a messy place, but I'm going to forgive myself. I'm going to give myself time. It's okay. I'll get there. It's not how I was. And it's that giving yourself that space to grow, which I think is beautiful. And I think you said that beautifully. So let's get away from some of the heavy stuff and let's get to a a couple of fun questions. Why ice cream? And I know that because you're a pastry chef and and you gave us a little bit of an answer to this in the beginning. And then your flavors, because your flavors are just phenomenal. All the different flavors that you that you've you know you started with a few and you've got all these amazing. How do you choose flavors? How do you get into what, what inspires you to think of all these great different flavors? And you know why have you focused so heavily on ice cream? And this is just beautiful fun, a beautiful fun question. <laughs> Um, well, ice cream, I became very obsessed with the chemistry of making ice cream. Oh, I, I love that. A big chemistry nerd in school. <laughs> um, and I do feel like ice cream is a very good blank slate to flavor in any way that you want. Um, and I'm just obsessed with the nostalgia of eating ice cream. I think it's such like a playful, childish food. <laughs> You know, everyone's yeah. birthday ice cream is when they're a child. And I don't think anyone's had like a bad memory of eating ice cream. No. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, and so, you know, a lot of those good feelings of that nostalgia um, definitely drew me towards ice cream. And then as far as the flavors go, um, to speak on that nostalgia, I wanted to create flavors that represent a lot of the desserts that I grew up with and remind me of my loved ones and my family and, um, you know, my friends as well, who are also Latin American. 
and because there is like a lot of um what is it like a lot of soft tender feelings when it comes to eating things that remind you of your childhood and remind you yeah. of loved, loved ones who have fed you because they care about you mm. and want you to feel comforted and so yeah a lot of the inspiration from the flavors are inspired by those desserts and sweets that were given to me as a kid or uh, desserts that my friends have introduced me to that remind them of their own experiences of like growing up and enjoying this food. <laughs> I love it. You've taken nostalgia, you've taken chemistry, and you've taken <laughs> friendship and community, and you've created a whole, a whole beautiful way of expressing yourself and helping people in the process. Last question around this, because I want to respect your time, is the you in the Latin um, American community, the whole therapy, it's in, in many cultures not talking about. Have you managed to have a positive influence on encouraging people in your community to get into therapy and or just to they not necessarily talk about get into therapy, but just talk more about it's okay to be a mess and you know, let's get through this together. Have you found are you doing that sort of thing? Are you finding you're having an impact like that in your community? You know, the type of ice cream flavors that I'm doing have definitely caught the attention of my community because um, a lot of Latin desserts are very universal across several different countries in South America or Central America. Yeah. Uh, so I know a lot of people related to that. And so I reel them in with the ice cream. And <laughs> And then on my social media is when I hit them hard with the mental health stuff. And I think being so vulnerable and open about yeah. it all has definitely encouraged other people to tell me about their own experiences, um, not only through the comments, but I get a lot of people messaging me, telling me, oh, I've had the same thing happen to me, or I also have bipolar disorder and talking to my mother about it has been very difficult etc cetera, etc cetera. um so i do i am realizing it is having an impact on my own community and it is i don't know it definitely makes me feel really good that they like feel comfortable enough to approach me to talk about it and share their stories with me and vice versa that's beautiful that you've opened a whole new way of connecting do people come into your shop and talk to you and say hey your story and this and in person or is it mainly on social media that they share their stories so we don't have a shop yet. We are just a, like a pop-up in wholesale. Okay. But people do come to my pop-up and oh, for I sure love it. open up to me. And they're like, I've been following you for a while. And the things that you have said about, et cetera, et cetera, that might have influenced them in any way. Um, there are a lot of conversations. Yeah. That That's so important because I think the biggest thing with mental health is people want to be heard. They want to listen. And we want to talk, we, when we tell our stories and get the stories out, that's when we can start getting some level of empowerment to be able to, you know, reconceptualize them so that we can get to the point of managing the messiness. And it's community that that really does help. And you've created that. So well done for what you've done. I love it. It's amazing. I can't wait to Thank taste you your so ice cream. Much. The next time I'm in LA, I'm going to make sure that I get, get come to taste your, your ice cream. Where can people get hold of you and find out more about you? Um, so most of our outreach does happen on Instagram. You can follow me at sad girl creamery, all one word. Um, and then you can also find me on my website, which is also sadgirlcreamery.com. Um, 
right there we post like where you can find us or our flavors. I also have a whole page dedicated to just mental health resources in Los Angeles. If anyone is looking for um, low cost or even free resources for themselves. That's amazing. Well, thank you for what you do and for sharing your story. And it's been so lovely talking to you. And I cannot wait to taste your ice cream and keep doing what you're doing because you're not only bringing joy to people, but you're also helping people with something so important, which, you know, with a messy mind, your life becomes such a mess. And whereas if you can learn to accept that messiness and manage it, we can really start changing our lives and you evidence of that. So you're touching many people's lives and I hope it keeps growing and growing and you keep touching more and more people's lives. So thanks for joining me today. Thank you so much. I really appreciate hearing all of that. And thank you for letting me, you know, tell my little my little journey on your show. <laughs> of course, it's a pleasure. And it's really been great hearing you. It's a, such an inspiration and I've really enjoyed it. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you.